sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Leap Lap Radio, powered by Victory Custom Trailers, starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lead Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. As the mystery man just said, we will tell you more about Victory Custom Trailers a little bit later on in the program. My name is Tom Baker, broadcasting live on a Monday night from the WSIC News Studios in Statesville, North Carolina. And joining me on tonight's program, we have an in-studio guest for a change. We don't get a whole lot of those here on Lead Lap. Um, but uh, we have one tonight. We're happy to have them. And we, we don't usually have in-studio guests because most of the guests that we get are from a little bit uh, too far out of the area for them to travel in. Well, we've got a guest here who came all the way from Minnesota just to be on this show. Not true. Um, he's actually in testing uh, for David Gilliland Racing. We'll let him uh, talk about that here in a minute. His name is Joe Valento, and he will be running the Cars Tour this year for DGR uh, with with uh, Johnny Gray, if you want to be all official-like about it. But um, good, good to have Joe, and we're going to talk, obviously, Chris Murdoch producing, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that went on over the weekend, too, if time allows. But um, I want to get right into business with Joe because this is a short track show, and uh, Joe is running short tracks this year for David Gilliland Racing. First thing I want to know, Joe, is... Um, I want to know what you thought when you woke up this morning and saw sunshine, because the last time you came over here from Minnesota, you brought snow with you. You did a much better job this time of not bringing your weather over here. You know, I was very glad to wake up with sunshine, but to be sunshine, excuse me, but to be honest (laughs) with you, um, I think it's about 40 degrees in Minnesota (laughs) right now. Is it, it really? It is. It's about the same wow. temp here as it is there. So, wow. Um, Folks in Minnesota probably out in shorts and T-shirts and um, just uh, <laughs> they don't get much of that this time of year. 40 degrees. It's above freezing. That's it, amazing. It's a warm front over there. Yeah, it sure is. Um, well, it's it's good to have you here. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about how this all came together, because this is a great opportunity for you. You've you've spent the last couple of years running um, with Kelly Byers in the Midwest Truck Series over there. Um, and now you get an opportunity. You've done a little bit of pro and super late model racing, and, and you did a NASCAR late model stock race last year. But what? how did you get the opportunity with David Gilliland Racing to come and run the Cars Tour? This is a huge deal for you. Uh, yeah, for sure, really huge deal. And uh, it's a great opportunity for me to uh, not only expand my horizons in uh, my racing career and uh, just for getting my name out. Um, this deal kind of came about. We came down and we were able to meet with David back in October um, and watch the last Cars Tour race out at Hickory and uh, got to tour the shop, meet some of the guys, and uh, just kind of connected, I guess, right away and stayed in touch. And, you know, eventually we we're, were able to work out a deal and uh, I get get this year put together and uh, come down and run with the cars tour i mean it's it's a great opportunity for me and like i said just the different style of racing this year i know i've mentioned it on on our driving fives it's it's going to be a good year for us for sure and i like i like it i like the fact that i get to come down and try it's so you know i say it a lot but it really is a different type of racing down here and i like the fact that i get to bring a little bit of my northern experience down and kind of use both of the different types of racing and combine them and see what i can do 
by way of uh, explanation, for those of you wondering what a driving five is and why Joe mentioned that, uh, Joe is a part of the Race Face Advancement Group, Race Face Brand Development, and um, Rod Wortham provides each of his racers with a, it's basically a monthly podcast, pretty much, that uh, yours truly happens to be the one that uh, records all of these with the with the uh, the, the kids. So, um it's a lot of fun to do those things because it gives them a chance to practice their interview skills and also keep their fans. It gets distributed on their social media, et cetera, and in their monthly newsletters, and it keeps their people up with what's going on. So that's what Joe was referring to. And um, Rod had a, a, a large part in helping you to put this deal together with David and really a good opportunity, as you mentioned, and you've, you've tested a little bit, um, or you're, I should say you're testing tomorrow. You haven't tested. You've been over and sat in the cars and kind of gotten the feel a little bit just in the shop. You're going to be testing tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, what is it? Uh, Hickory tomorrow and then... Or, which go ahead yeah yeah hickory tomorrow and uh, <laughs> nodding's not an answer on radio <laughs> joe <laughs> yeah hickory tomorrow uh which is good because i've run that track it's you know one less thing you have to worry about i can just get get behind the wheel and yeah. i know the track i know the line i know what i need to do um just get the feeling of the car basically is the big thing for tomorrow uh so exciting uh today i had my first seat pour ever that was interesting it's like a little heater behind your oh, back i thought you did that before no we just did that uh well we were getting fitted for my uh backup car uh, ah. last time i was here this time was the primary and I see. Uh, it was my first ever seat pour i had like a little heater behind my back while they were doing it, it was uh it was interesting well tell the fans talk about that what is because i i think most fans know that a lot of these teams still use the composite seats that they actually kind of pour a mold to fit you but how does that work yeah Walk so, us through it. so uh uh, you just they have a big like a uh, a bag almost like a huge plastic bag that you sit down in and they dump this material in in behind you and it's really warm and it uh it foams up and basically conforms to your body it almost lifts you up out of the seat a little bit you have to like push yourself back down to stay fitted but uh it it foams up and goes around your body so that you get like a nice tighter seal on your seat okay so you uh, you got fitted for the seat. Now, is that going to be ready for tomorrow, or how does that work? Does it dry that quick? Yeah, yeah, it dried actually within like five or six minutes. Oh, it was wow. Quick. Yeah, quick dry. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so okay. it just dried right away, and he was able to cut it right up and uh, get it fitted right back in. So this will be your first time testing in a composite seat. It will, yeah. Uh, a lot of new things this week. Yeah, really. Okay, so uh, again, Hickory tomorrow. And isn't there another track you're doing too? Yeah, no? so Hickory tomorrow and then uh, Wednesday we're going to go head down to uh, Dillon to get a little practice before Dillon, the race. okay, yeah. Dillon Motor Speedway in South Carolina. And that's the opening race for the Cars Tour coming up. Um, and for those of you saying, wait, what about Rockingham? Well, you're, you're, you've been napping for a while because they had, they postponed that to the end of the season because they had some tire issues and such in the tests that they wanted to take some more time to work out. So now Dylan becomes the opening race, which is interesting for you because, of course, you'd run the Milwaukee Mile a couple of times in the truck over the last couple of years. So it wouldn't be like mile track racing would have been unfamiliar to you, but certainly this is a whole different uh, level with these cars than than with the truck. So probably better that you started a place like Dillon where you can kind of learn to master the car for a while before you get to the rock at the end. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely positive to be able to start at a smaller track right away. And it's not so much that I question my capabilities to be able to run at a mile track. It's more so that it's it's good for you to be able to learn your competitors, learn the car, learn the new team, le- your competitors learn you, what your driving style yeah. is uh, yourself personally. So definitely positive to be able to just start off at a smaller track just to get my feet wet. Who is your crew chief for the season this year with David? Uh, it's going to be Greg La- Marlowe, excuse me. <laughs> Greg's been around for a while, like a long time. I think he was the one who first put Moses into a late model. Um, Greg's been around a long, long time. Um, well experienced and a great guy to work with, too. I didn't even realize he was working at DGR now. That's interesting. Yeah, so it was just recently that he got a job there. And like you said, uh, you can just tell just yeah. from meeting him today, just the knowledge is just endless. And he's uh, really friendly and open to talk with you and just just so much knowledge. I mean, that's all you can really say is he just goes into detail about everything and is willing to explain, um, you know, any question, no, if it's a stupid question or if it's just, you know, just like questions to learn about the car, tracks, anything. I mean, he's just super knowledgeable. You can just tell from when you first walk up. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, David's really stacked the deck. He's got some great personnel this year um, working in that shop, whether it's for the late model side or the, uh, you know, the truck side, the Arca side, whatever it is. He's he's got uh, he's got a great group of people. So you're going to have a good time with Greg and he's a great mentor for you. Um, what, I'm curious because you're a big eye racer and you do a lot of training um, through Racecraft one and such on eye racing. But Hickory is not on the sim. So were you able to find a track that you feel is similar and get some time with, with the boys at uh, Racecraft, or what have you been doing to prepare for this test, if anything? Yeah, so for me, the biggest thing for me is I really like watching film, uh, learning from you know just the bumps where people are picking up throttles, the different lines people are running. Um, obviously, iRacing is a good tool. It's hard when the exact track isn't on yeah. iRacing. Uh, you just got to find some that are similar. I know that they have Langley on iRacing that we're going to run this year. Other than that, I think they might have Rockingham. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but, yeah, it's tough to find all the tracks on iRacing. So film, I really like watching. Uh, that's my biggest go-to. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting because, of course, you know, the generation gap that exists between you and Greg, you know, when Greg started in all of this, you know, there wasn't film, there wasn't all of this technology to use. So you kind of just showed up and, and learned by the seat of your pants. And now you guys get the advantage of being able to prepare and and really get the line of the track inside your head before you ever show up so that at least from the standpoint of the mental approach, you already kind of know what you're doing as far as where you get on and get off and, you know, let the car roll or whatever, at least at most of the tracks. Um, that's got to be a huge advantage for you coming into a new series like this to be able to have that and have also, of course, YouTube and wherever, you know, as a resource to go watch races from these tracks that have happened to the recent past yeah for sure and i think the biggest thing for drivers is really just to get on the track and just feel it out um i think that for me especially i just need to go out on the track feel what the track is where my lift points where my throttle points are and you really just start picking it up from there to be honest with you yeah um we're gonna um bring joe back after the break um and and talk to him some more because uh interesting story of course being from the midwest and uh his upbringing and background and such so we're going to do that as well but i want to let all you guys know that uh, if you're looking for a trailer victory custom trailers is definitely the place to go they're based in michigan but they'll ship you a trailer anywhere go to their website victorycustomtrailers.com 
If you want to design a trailer, you can do it right on the site. That's how confident they are um, that they can build whatever you want. But they've got a couple of hundred of them in stock for all purposes, not just motorsports. can be for any purpose, horse, trailer, whatever. Um, they have a great variety. So VictoryCustomTrailers.com and let them know that uh, Tom at Lead Lap sent you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Lead Lap and more with Joe Valento on the other side. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Hey, 
Hello, welcome back to ELAP presented by Victory Custom Trailers. And uh, ELAP also presented by the good folks from My Computer Career. We'll uh, talk about them in a little while as well. Uh, Tom Baker with you. Joe Valento is our special guest in studio all the way from the Vikings home state of Minnesota. And uh, happy to have you here. Joe is, uh, if you missed the first segment, Joe is driving in the Cars tour this year here in the uh, Carolinas, Southeast area for David Gilliland racing and is preparing. He's in town here in the Carol in North Carolina because he's going to be testing at a couple of tracks in the next few days. Um, talk about for those uh, Joe who, who aren't familiar with you, talk about your background a little bit. First of all, what got you into racing to begin with? Well, first of all, I want to say that let's try to stay away from the Vikings. That's a sore subject. <laughs> well, I'm a Chargers fan. I'm there with you. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so racing began for me when I was eight years old. Uh, I started out in quarter midgets, and I ran those until I was 12. Uh, we, we ran quarter midgets all over the country the last year, uh, from Pennsylvania to Arizona, Las Vegas, you know, pretty much anywhere you can name uh, a quarter midget track we had been. Uh, then we went micro racing for a year. Micro sprint? Yep, micro sprint racing for a year, and then dabbled a little bit with a legend uh, towards the winter. And then uh, the following year, we got with uh, Kelly Byers and ran in the uh, Midwest Truck Series. And we ran that out, got Rookie of the Year, actually, and then ran that another year. Finally, finally picked up our first victory that year. It was, uh, it was a, a long time coming. It was, uh, it was a little bit of a struggle the first year. It was like one of those years where you just have the, the racer's luck. Uh, as I would put it. Uh, but, yeah, had a good good last season with him. And then, obviously, opening up this season, uh, being able to announce that we're running with David Gillen Racing is, is a dream come true and, and a great honor to be able to run with him. Yeah, it, uh, it should be a good season for you. Um, obviously, the team is well experienced. What do you think is going to be your biggest challenge? Uh, so, for me, I already know my biggest challenge is going to be tire management. Uh, the truck series ran 50 lap races at most. The sprint. biggest race, yeah, yeah, sprint race, <laughs> 50 basically. Lap sprint. 50 lap sprint. Yeah. And that was uh, if I'd qualified first, I'd have to go to about 13th with the invert. And didn't you guys, don't they run unused tires for that? Yeah. Too? So, we, so the Midwest Truck Series rule to help save money uh, was we got one new tire per race. So, yeah. you had to rotate the tires around. Uh, as you felt would, you know, get the most wear, most use out of them, I should say. Um, so, yeah, so that was a challenge too. But definitely tire management this year is going to be big for me. Uh, just not running long races. The longest race I'd ran was last year with the Carolina Pro Late Model Series was a 75 lap. So definitely tire management. I know I understand the fundamentals of it, but definitely just yeah. getting out there, getting used to it, and just learning you know, how to pace yourself is going to be the biggest thing for me. Yeah, it's one thing, I think, to know it. It's another thing to feel it. And I think, as you say, that's going to be an interesting challenge, the first couple of races just to – because you know, I will tell you, and I'm sure you know this from, from the film study that you've done, um, the Cars Tour – it's a very aggressive series. You know, you, it's a very fine line between I'm saving and I'm 20th because I'm saving, you know, you can. So, uh, I know Connor Mozak, um, I talked with him when he started running the tour last year. And that's one of the things that, you know, he, he struggled with a little bit too, is you have to pace fast enough to stay with the leaders. Um, but yet you got to be able to still know when you're, you know, when you're saving too. So, um, it's a really interesting series with a lot of big names. And, and I think 
the other thing for you, right? You ran, I mean, that was a tour. The Midwest uh, Truck Series is a tour, but I think there's a maybe a greater variety of track uh, kind of layouts and sizes in this, uh, although you did run the mile. So I guess, I guess you guys ran a pretty good mix, right? Between yeah. like three eighths, halves and miles. Yeah. I mean, there was even a quarter. So, I mean, we ran our fair bit of variety of tracks up there. So for it's, as far as like adjusting to yeah. tracks, I don't feel it's going to be a huge, uh, difficult step for me. It's just, like I said, the tire management is definitely gonna be the biggest thing, uh, the late model stocks obviously being a little bit different than like the Midwest Truck Series uh, truck or like a super late model or a pro that I've driven. Uh, I've heard that the brakes are definitely something that you're going to have to get used yes. to. Uh, so just a few different things that uh, I'll be able to pick up after the first few races. It's, it's obviously just going to be uh, me getting comfortable the first few races, learning to keep up speed with, while managing tires. It's just going to be the biggest thing. The opportunity to race with David knowing that – when you look at what DGR offers, you have the late models, which is where you're going to be this year, but then they also have ARCA programs. They have a truck program. You kind of know that you, in theory at least, could stay with this organization right up into NASCAR's big three series. What kind of, um, how, what, what do you, what do you think about that? How does that, it's got to give you some comfort and confidence knowing that you can start here and you don't have to be doing all the team hopping that a lot of these, you know, a lot of the young guys do over the course of their development at each level. You can stay with the same team right into the trucks in theory. Yeah. And you're exactly right. It, it does add a little bit of a cushion knowing that you kind of know where your future is going where some other drivers really don't. Uh, obviously the biggest thing being funding, uh, but you know, you just take it one step at a time and just run a good year. Really. That's, that's what it boils down to is just run it one year at a time, yep. uh, finish a solid year in the cars tour. And then, uh, maybe next year, look at running Arca and then the year following trucks, you know, you just take it one year at a time. Now, speaking of that, what is, what would you consider a successful year in 2021, Joe? Uh, well, obviously I'd love to run for rookie of the year. Uh, for me, that's really where, where I'd love to be. Um, top five would be really great, but a top 10, I would be happy with, uh, overall series points. Obviously, you know, a top five would be great. Uh, rookie of the years would be great, but you, you gotta be realistic with your goals and knowing how stacked the field is in the cars tour. Um, you know, you gotta not overshoot your goals. You know what I mean? You have to set realistic goals that you know that you can fulfill. Top 10 is going to be hard. Exactly. And that's what you, I'm that's saying. It's really going to be hard. And I'm not saying it because of a lack of confidence in your ability, but just to say there's 15, at least 15 cars that are capable of running, you know, podium at least, if not winning on a, on a race to race basis. So if you can manage a top 10, that would say two things. One, you've been very um, consistent. And two, you've managed to stay out of wrecks, which is a big deal in that series because they get a lot of them at times. Well, and even Rookie of the Years is going to be uh, a challenge in itself. You know, you got kids like Caden Honeycutt who have a, lo a lot more yeah, experience in right. a late model than yeah. me and had a stellar, a stellar sh uh, uh, showing in his first late model stock race. So definitely going to be a lot of good new drivers along with drivers that have been in the late model stock series. Caden's coming in with uh, Justin Johnson racing. So we talked about your biggest uh, challenge being tire management, but you've w worked with a lot of teams and driven in a lot of series. How well do you think that's prepared you for this year coming into, you know, something new for you? Uh, so working with different teams, I would say definitely helps. You know, you're able to, I guess, be able to 
learn the team and be able to adjust to different teams faster, be able to adjust to different cars faster, and running the different variety of cars definitely helps because, like I said, you can just get in and you learn how to run stuff hard to find where the where the the edge is, but not too hard so that you run it over the edge. And different running with different teams helps because when you're stuck with one team, you know you you almost get into a I don't want to say a rut, but you just get over. It's almost it's almost it's hard to a little bit hard to explain. You get into a rut, and you just don't know how to adapt to the different teams and different crew chiefs and different you know just how the teams run their stuff. So being able to run for different teams will definitely help this year. Being able to uh, run in the car group, which is new, new car, new team, everything pretty much is all new for me. So you're saying that your your past experience at having to adapt quickly because you're you've done a lot of team hopping is is actually going to be an advantage for you. Yeah, so I don't know if we've hopped a whole bunch of teams. We've run with Kelly um, the past two years and ran with Buggy the one time. I think for me the biggest thing is just being able to adapt to the vehicle. Okay, uh, We've run yeah. a few different vehicles, yep. and just being yep. able to adapt to the vehicle is obviously the biggest, I guess, stress reliever would be. Um, being able to just get in and get behind the wheel and just know that you're going to be good would be the biggest thing for me. What have you learned what what are some of the things that you've learned from Kelly Byers, who, for those of you wondering, I know that name, I know that name. Yes, he was a great driver development prospect, ran for junior, um, you know, did a lot of uh, different things here and then um, went back home and, and started the development team, which Joe uh, eventually ended up obviously being a part of. Um, what, what are some things that you learned from Kelly that you think you can apply this year? Well, pretty much anything stock car related I learned from Kelly. Uh, the, the most asphalt racing that I've done, I guess big cars, it was a legend. And that's not even big cars. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much anything that, anything that you could have learned in a stock car, I learned from Kelly. Whether it be giving the correct feedback, being able to tell your team what to adjust and how to adjust it. Um, it's just everything. The list is endless. He taught me how to pass correctly, how to run your line correctly, how to brake, how to where to pick up your throttle. Uh, even in the small series of the Midwest Truck Series, you did have to save your tires a little bit because just getting one tire per race, you couldn't burn them off. Um, for me, the biggest thing that Kelly taught me was definitely qualifying. When we ran the Super, that was the only non-group qualifying that I've ever done. And uh, being able to pick that up from him is definitely going to help running the car store, which none of it's group qualifying that I know no. of. And uh, I think for me, qualifying is the biggest thing uh, that I'll be able to take away from Kelly. you got to be on it with the, <laughs> the car store because a tenth of a second can drop you from first to about 15th or, or farther back in, in, in some cases. Uh, so it's a, it's a very tight field there. Um, okay, so we've got about a minute left or so. I'm going to throw this one at you. Let's talk about you off the track a little bit. So what do you like to do when you're not racing? Uh, during the summer, I like to four-wheel. I like to go fishing. During the fall, I do hunting. And then during the winter, I like to do some good old-fashioned snowmobiling. Well, they can see there's a, there's a commonality here. A lot of things that go fast is what uh, what Joe's into. Uh, when we're going to talk with him more uh, on the other side of the break, and we want to talk to him about a foundation that he and the rest of uh, the race face uh, brand development drivers are a part of uh, that I just think is amazing. And uh, so we're going to talk about that when we come back. Um, and we're also going to cover a little bit of ground as to some of the tracks he's got coming up too. So back with more of lead lap and more with joe valento on the other side of this break stick with us
Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct, it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap. Tyler Ankrum bringing us back out of break. We haven't had Tyler on a show in a while. We'll have to get him back on and uh, talk about his truck series uh, 2021 season. He's kind of had a, I don't want to say it's a bad start, but uh, I, I know it's not the start that Tyler would like to have with GMS, but um, just been very, very uh, kind of an uphill battle for him the first couple of races. So hopefully um, here in the next couple, they'll break out of that and get him up front for some shows. We have got to Joe Valento. In studio with us here on League Lap, 
this evening, and we've been talking to Joe a little bit about his upcoming Cars Tour season with David Gilliland Racing. Joe is from Minnesota, uh, running here in the southeast region for the first time as a full-season driver. He's run a couple of one-offs here uh, in the past year or two, but um, has not run a full season, so this is going to be different. And we started to talk to him about his hobbies uh, when he wasn't racing and did notice that uh, he didn't say watching the Vikings play um, and uh, mentioned in the first segment when I brought him up that that was a sore subject. Probably better so, that way. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll leave that. But um, okay, we, I, this is always fun. If you could model yourself after any driver in NASCAR's top three series, and I'm going to exclude Anthony Alfredo because he's a fellow race face graduate or race face alumni who's still really a part of the program, but, um, excluding, uh, big brother, Anthony, um, who would you choose? Uh, I've always liked Christopher Bell. Um, I don't, I don't really see him ever get mad. I feel like he's a pretty level headed kid. Uh, I like what he's done being able to bring, um, a little bit more, I guess, dirt racing, a little bit more alive, uh, being able to run asphalt and, you know, in the midget whenever he can, uh, so I'd have to say Christopher Bell. I know you raced the micro a little bit. Is the dirt something you'd be willing to get back on and give a try again? Uh, well, you'd have to ask my mother first. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, honestly, the you dirt was a lot Rod of fun. First, yeah, too. Rod first. Uh, but, yeah, the dirt was a lot of fun. Um, we struggled with our fuel injection, but when it ran good, I, I loved the dirt. It, I mean, it was fun. Obviously, my passion is running on asphalt and uh, late models and stuff like that, but uh, the the small experience that I had on dirt was a blast. Well, you're not going to have much choice if you get your wish to get to NASCAR and make it to Cup because they seem to be, of course, we don't know how long this dirt experiment at Bristol will last, but we're at least going to give it a try this year. I know, and you see uh, a lot of the kids out uh, testing, like, you know, the different modifieds and stuff with the track. So, you know, I think it's a good twist to throw in. It just and, you released know, on iRacing, so are you going to give it a shot? I will as soon as I get back home. But, uh, yeah, for sure, and I think it's a good twist, and, you know, why not try it? Why not? Might as well. I mean, I, it'll be interesting. I, I'm waiting to see what the car design looks like because the splitters had an awful lot of problem with the mud and the grass in the uh, infield at Daytona. I, I can't wait to see what would happen to them at uh, Bristol. They're going to need a splitter like Ty Gibbs had on the race uh, in the road course. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And you know, it's, uh, that was an interesting drive that Ty put on there. He used every inch of that place. Uh, to get from the uh, middle of the pack back to the front and end up winning that. It was a good job. Um, so so Chris Bell would be sort of your your hero or your kind of driver that you look to in, in Cup. Is there a driver over in Minnesota at all? Do you do you even have time to attend a lot of the local races? No, you know, I haven't been Other to Elko in a couple yourself? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I haven't been to Elko in probably a couple of years since the last uh, I think two years ago we went to the Arca race. Yeah. Uh, you know, since then I really haven't been to Elko. It, it's all been in Wisconsin the past couple years, and now it's going to be down here. What's the racing like there? In, um, in, in, in your state, in, in Minnesota, yeah. you know, I think it's pretty comparable to Wisconsin. It's a lot different than down here. A lot less pushy, kind of a shovey type of racing. It's more. Um, I guess you'd call it precision racing, yeah. where it's you set up your passes methodically, and you know if you bump or move into someone or do something like that, it's I guess frowned on a little more than it is down here. It's I, I guess you just call it more precision racing. You raced the uh, speed weeks 
last year in New Smyrna. How big of an eye opener was that coming from the Midwest to down here? Um, well, it, uh, you know, it was an eye opener. It was the first time I've ever ran a super, um, being thrown basically to the wolves, uh, from, from down here was, uh, definitely an eye opener and just the different type of racing, uh, that the guys down here run is definitely different. And just being in the environment was definitely good. It, uh, I think for me, New Smyrna was just I had my head in the clouds running a super for the first time, so I was just <laughs> trying to take it all in. But uh, definitely just a different type of racing. The atmosphere, you mentioned that, you know, being a part of Speed Weeks, you can really feel it down there, especially at Smyrna, right? Oh, for sure. And you know how diehard they are down oh, yeah. there. I mean, it's, it's I don't want to say every man for themselves, but everyone's going for the win, and that's just how it is. And, you know, the environment down there is just, I mean, you've been there. You know what it is. Yep. It's just, it's, it's a different feeling. It is, and uh, I thought, by the way, for those of you who saw any of the coverage that um, TrackPass did from there this year, the coverage was great. Um, what's interesting to me is you cannot find the final points anywhere on the Internet. Nobody has the final points from New Smyrna posted anywhere. And it's like, guys, you know, I want to say, dear New Smyrna, what are you waiting for? I mean, Christmas is coming, but this thing's been over for a month. Get your points up there. Because people like to use that those stats, obviously, for the ones who did well. Um, you know, it's important to them to be able to show that for sponsorship purposes and such, marketing for them and their team. And um, it's kind of a shame. But for the most part, I thought TrackPass did a great job with the coverage, and it was nice to be able to watch it you know from obviously up here um and this and to be able to, to to really get the the feel of what it was like because you're right it's <laughs> nobody's giving an inch down there i mean it's lap two and they're and they're making three wide moves into the corners yeah i mean it's <laughs> insane you go down there and you're in the pits watching you're like yeah. it's the first night and people are going three wide in the first corner and it's uh i guess no one's given an inch yeah. exactly as you explained this is like it, it is very much like their Daytona, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a week long series for the, for these divisions and you get the best of the best down there that kind of all come in and clash in Florida and uh, just a lot of fun to watch. So it was good that you got to even be a part of that, let alone be able to drive uh, a bit and, and get that taste because um, every cars tour race is basically the same thing. It's a big, big series. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the whole Florida thing really came about really fast. It was only supposed to be me going down there, just being around the yeah, environment, you were only helping out. To test, right? I, well, it was going to be just a practice, and then practice yeah. went well, and then it was like, all right, we'll run a race. The race went well. We'll run a couple more races and um, just get our feet wet, basically. Yeah, you were supposed to practice, and then, you know, basically was like, well, wait, have you ever met me? Of course I'm going to be good enough to practice to warrant a race, right? Because that's what I do. I'm a talented young man. Um, and uh, so that was cool that you got to do that. All right, so back to let's let's uh, do some some uh, rapid-fire questions here. So I, I want to know this. If there were three apps and only three apps that you could keep on your cell phone, what are they? Uh, Instagram, Facebook and probably snapchat what are you putting on your pizza uh all meat canadian bacon sausage pepperoni any other meat that you can put on there uh pineapple or no pineapple i've never had it before that's not really an answer so um, you're, I, I guess you're I guess abstaining 
You go. We'll let you. I'd be go willing to try it. it. I'd be willing okay. to try it. All right, there you go. That's a. Um, but yeah, okay. The, the it's really orientated toward. Do you feel like pineapple belongs on pizza? But you're going. You know what? I'll try anything once, right? Almost. Sure. Well, it, yeah, it belongs on pizza. Let's, let's try it sometime. <laughs> What's the what? What is? The, I, I mean, I, I know Wisconsin is kind of cheesehead country, but what is sort of the main um, the main Minnesota food that that's kind of unique to that area? What what is it? Uh, probably for one? the state fair, probably the corn dogs, Prano ah. Puffs, I'd say, probably. Okay, corn dogs big over there? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're Interesting. good. Okay, well, that's that's kind of good. Okay, so you're you're on an island, you can only have one device. What is it? Probably my cell phone. Okay, well, that would figure you're young and, and you know, that's kind of... Do you get a charger with it? Because it would only last you about a Well, day. I would suppose, yes, but you only get one. Uh, my point was you can only have one. Well, you know, back in the Gilligan's Island days, they made a radio out of a coconut, so I suppose that would be... You've lost me. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, oh, you, that's right. You're too young for... See, all these real TV shows... Now, I can turn around. Joe's dad is in the back here of the studio, and he's laughing because he, he saw Gilligan's Island before he and I grew up with Gilligan's Island. I was going to say, I'm not really following there. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- it was about a shipwreck, and you got to be creative in order to... You see, but uh, yeah, go go back and source it on YouTube. Back when they were... They had really funny sitcoms. I think I remember of, my grandmother talking about it. Yes. <laughs> Gilligan's Island was a great show. Um, okay. Well, it's been... Been, uh, a lot of fun having you on the program, Joe, and and it always is a good time to sit and talk with you. Um, you've got a full season of Cars Tour racing coming up. Is there any other racing that you're planning to do this year other than the Cars Tour right now? Right now it's the Cars Tour. That's our main focus, and, you know, just kind of see what else we can sprinkle in during during the rest of the season. Okay, and before we let you go, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, foundation that you're involved with. Because honestly, I think this is one of the most amazing charitable organizations on the planet. Um, so talk a little bit about that for us. Yeah, it's been great. And it's, it's been a lot of fun with working with the Friends of Jacqueline Foundation and adopting Wyatt and uh, being able to bring him out to the racetrack. And it was a lot of fun. We were able to get our own little private booth and there's fireworks that night. And uh, I, I don't remember if there's a demolition derby there. Elko does that sometimes. But I mean, it was a blast and they had fun and... Uh, everyone was really nice, and uh, they actually got the winner of one of the class's trophy. He actually gave it to Wyatt, so, I mean, I know they had a blast. Oh, wow. And, yeah. You didn't tell me that before. So the winner of one of the classes gave his trophy to Wyatt? He sure did. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Now, again, Wyatt is, talk about how the program works and what it does. Yeah, so it's all about uh, supporting and helping, I guess, uh, benefit the lives of kids battling pediatric brain cancers and other forms of childhood cancers. It's all about yeah. giving them a second chance at life. Um, just a positive, fun time. Yeah, positive influence and uh, the opportunity to have some fun and uh, plugs their families into it, too. It's a really great organization. Go to Friends of Jacqueline. In fact, uh, Joe, what's your website? Uh, Joe at JoeValentoRacing.com. V-A-L-E-N-T-O is how he spells his last name. So go to JoeValentoRacing.com uh, and it'll be uh, on there. Just look up Friends of Jacqueline Foundation and and check it out for yourselves. Joe, thanks for being on the program. Good to have you in the studio. Good luck in your test tomorrow and Wednesday, and look forward to seeing you out on the Cars Tour starting next month in March at Dillon. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being on. That is Joe Valento, and we're going to be back with one final segment, who knows where it goes, of uh, League Lap uh, right around the turn. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. 
Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Chandler Smith bringing us out of break. Had a great day at the uh, Daytona Road Course. He really really did. And again, you know, you, you see, we talked about this on Inside Pass a little bit, relevant to... Um, the Cup Series, but I think it really applies to the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series as well. As the years go on and more and more of the lower series, the ARCA Series, East and West, the big ARCA Series, you know, those types of series, even some of the um, the late model series, depending where you are, as more of the series those series do more road course racing and with the availability of sim racing now on road courses, these kids, by the time they get to the truck series, 
or the Xfinity Series, these young drivers are really, really road course skilled. And that makes uh, for some really tough competition. And I think we saw that with Chandler Smith. He did a really nice job. And I think it goes to show just a little bit about what we were talking about with with Joe Valento before they got out of here during breaks. It's benchmarks. I mean, when we got that reentry from Chandler Smith, he was still driving super late models. Now he's progressed more and uh, yeah. got up into the truck series, and now he's got a full truck ride with KBM, and it just shows well, not you. Not a full truck. Well, yeah, actually, he is a full season. Full season. In, yeah, that's 18, right. Yeah, so. he is. That's right. I forgot. You're yeah. right. Um, you know, and, and it's like I'm looking at a tweet here from Justin Haley, and I'll just read the tweet, and then we'll – I'll make the point I was going to make. Uh, Justin says just now, super proud of Spire Motorsports for the effort this weekend. So much hard work behind the scenes. And I absolutely forgot how much fun a cup car is to drive. They are unbelievable machines. I smiled ear to ear the entire time. And that's, there's another young man who's run some Trans Am races. He is a good road racer. And I, and he's one of these drivers that he is not the most sort of, out there and over the top. He's a very, he's, he's funny and he's a very interesting personality, but he's, you know, he's not as, um, you know, just super aggressive on social media as some of the others are, uh, but he's still fun to follow. And Justin is just more proof of what I just said. These guys are so good on the road courses and it makes it fun when you have more road courses on the schedule that you get some of these guys like a Chandler or a Justin who can come up and run up front and surprise people like Kaz Grala did last year when he got into the car, the cup car to replace Austin Dillon. Um, he just did a phenomenal job. I just, uh, I, I want the fans to understand that this season we're in right now is probably the most difficult NASCAR season, you know, in, in recent years, and I, I almost uh, want to say ever, because you're going to so many new tracks. You're going to Coda, which was originally de- designed for the F1 cars, and now you're going to put 40 uh, NASCAR Cup cars and Xfinity cars and trucks on a track that they haven't even run at, where nobody has any laps. At least they're going to get some practice and qualifying in to sort of uh, fill out that track. You're going to Bristol on the dirt, like we were just talking about with Joe Valento. Yeah. This is a really difficult season that these drivers are going to have to prepare for, and there's only practice and qualifying at eight events. Yeah, and, and see, I personally like that, honestly, though I don't see a reason why we can't at least qualify everywhere. I don't think you need to practice, but qualifying just doesn't take that long to get through. I would think they could at least It's do also, that, I don't know how they made up the schedule because they qualified for the 500, which is in Daytona, but they came back to Daytona this the very next week and didn't qualify for so, the road course so i don't know how they've set that up but you'd think they'd at least allow the cars to go out and qualify yeah that's what i'm saying i mean uh, you know practice i understand but um you know qualifying seems a little bit sketchy to me why they can't at least do that but nonetheless um when you think about going to bristol for the cup cars th- there's no precedent for that i mean this is a first we have no idea what to expect there's no real data i think the last time the bristol was even covered in dirt was the world of outlaw sprint car series in the early 2000s yeah and and what's interesting about this whole thing is we're which s- they're going back to which well is gonna be so that's much where fun. i was going what's interesting about this because this will kind of bring it a little bit at least back toward the short track side where this show lives is that there there's a lot of controversy and a lot of frustration over the fact that the World of Outlaws have decided that this this sprint car race at bristol is going to be invitation only now um, you know, I see two sides to that coin. I like it. I can, I can see both sides because I watched the last Bristol 
people have got to understand Bristol is a bad, fast half mile. Um, and I watched the last couple of UARA series, late model races there in the mid two thousands, early, early mid two thousands. Um, and there were drivers there that had no business being at Bristol running a race because their, their minimum, their maximum speed was way slower than um, I think it also gives the event prestige because I mean we're talking about 20 years since the last time Bristol was covered in dirt and you're coming back and you want it to be a spectacle so you you invite these people out yeah. and you and you make it a big deal yeah and you know who knows if this if this doesn't go well for the NASCAR tracks or the NASCAR uh you know group they might not bring it back so. well you know and that's the thing I mean I just I think to me the invitation only format makes sense. You, you just, the closure rate at Bristol is so quick. Um, that and, and, and when we say invitation only, you're still going to see the big names that are out there winning every week at the spring. Well, yes, that's just, the whole point. It's just, is you're you, they you're want, still going to see the same show you see every weekend. It's just they're right. they're selectively choosing who to leave out. Now the frustration, a lot of it's coming from your your kind of um, Saturday night guys or, or the you know the guys that that hey I want a chance to go race at Bristol. Do, do we too. know how they're they're separating that yet? Do we know how they're? Picking? I don't know uh, if we do or not, and that's why I say I see both sides of this because while I. Because you're leaving it up to the sanctioning body to make a choice when right. when you got a driver that's like, well, I can run up there with these guys. Why am I not in? And this guy well, and that's the thing. It's like you know, you've got some drivers that race every week in PA that I'm I'm 100 percent sure can can go compete. But here's the thing: it's like you know, Bristol can hurt you, and 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 I think the the whole idea here oh, they're going to be carrying speeds at that track that they don't really carry anywhere else just right. because of how much how much the banking is and how short the straight you shoot off that banking and shoot it's down the, the same up. reason why the sprint cars really didn't like running the Syracuse mile up in New York yeah. okay and they stopped doing it after a while and the interesting thing is that show used to be run without the wings and then they put the wings because the super modifieds raced with them the first couple of years of the supers beat them when the when the outlaws had no wings when they put the wings on the outlaws the speeds picked up drastically and then the sprint cars were obviously better um but I, I I I want to know who's prepping that track for both the World of Outlaws and the and, I don't know and the NASCAR group because the last thing you need at a track that's carrying that much speed is a big dust bowl. Well, so. yes, you you want some grip in the track. Um, yeah. You want it to be a very driver friendly track, is what you want. Now, of course, you've got multiple other divisions running in the preview like with the outlaws on that same weekend um it's going to be crazy for the spotters up there too because if it gets real dusty you're yes, not going to be able to see anything. i well and that's the thing i can't imagine i mean i've for the nascar guys the i've World spotted of outlaws a late model sports. there and i'll tell you what it is just it is you really have to be on your toes because and i think i think we had ryan vargas on the on the show right after he made his bristol debut and he said you get turned around you don't know what corner you're going into right. until you cross the start finish line yeah it's it's it, it, it is it's just the way you know when you're you're sitting down and now, i don't know if you'll you have can, the same effect on the dirt but. see on the banking well probably but of course those guys um it, it's just different for those guys than it is in a stock car, but it, it's it's going to be 
a very, uh, I think, a very interesting show. And, and it's either going to be so good we're going to want to do it every year for the next 20 years. Or it's going to be, it's going to turn out to be not the kind of a show we want to continue. And I'm hoping, obviously. I'm hoping for the latter. Well, I am too. Um, it's, it's such wait, a neat hold com- on. The, the, um, I think it was the former. Because oh, I said it's yeah, either yeah, going to be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you threw me off there. I'm giving you the buzzer. Um, but I mean, it's such an I, awesome concept. You know, they yes. did it with the sprint cars and, yeah. and the World of Outlaws in the early 2000s, bringing it back. I think everybody I, I've heard on Reddit and everything, you know, for the past couple of years, people were wanting them to bring it back. And it's just crazy that they finally brought it back. Well, I mean, again, NASCAR. Now, I think they were mostly talking about the World of Outlaws, but, you know, throw well, the cup cars on. There. Well, they, I think I think people wanted to see. Um, a cup race on dirt. I think it was time for that. I think there were better tracks you could have done it at. Well, we'll see. Maybe not. I mean, I... I I would have loved it to be right down the road here at the Charlotte Dirt. Well, and see, to me, that would have made the most sense. But then again, you know, NASCAR doesn't ask me for my opinion, and that's probably smart. Um, Because because I would have told them not to do the Roval either, and look how that turned out. So, you know... That's that's the highlight of my season. I love going to that It's, uh, you know, so I was was more than happy to eat some humble pie on air for that, that... uh, miscue but um yeah it's it, i mean it's going to be interesting because i think that this again you talk about the 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 difficulty of the schedule for the especially for the cup cars this year it's events like that and then going back to nashville super speedway where mm-hmm. we've never been with this type of car mm-hmm. um and even the trucks racing in uh, uh knoxville knoxville iowa well, that's right. Yes, the truck race at Knoxville. I no mean, no longer at Eldora, which is also polarizing. Yeah, um, it is what it is. We'll just leave it at that. And it, it, we don't have time for me to rant enough <laughs> about that, so we'll just go on by. But, um, but I agree with you. There's a lot of change this year, and with all the new teams, it opens up a lot of possibility. And you get a guy like Kyle Larson. Now he, I predicted him to win Daytona, and I thought. Um, surely I thought he had a chance, uh, yesterday as well, but he just didn't quite when, get when there. When you've got a Bristol but, dirt race coming up and you look at the year that Kyle Larson had in dirt last year and even Christopher Bell. Well, I was about to say, we could see you've got your Larson Bell chili bowl sort of thing going into that. But then again, you never know who's so right. You never know who's going to get hooked up. Remember, there are a lot of these guys that ran the Arca dirt track shows over the years that that'll get the chance. And there to was there. I mean, we chase talked, Briscoe. We talked last week about uh, uh, Joey Logano running the modified, which is what I would yeah. compare more than the sprint car to a dirt thing. And he went up there, ran third, coming from last. So I mean he he knows at least what he's doing throwing big cars around on dirt. Yeah, and and speaking of of Joey as we we start to wind down the show here, uh, we'll get back to Cup just for long enough for me to say this. Um, how about Joey having a shot to win at the end of the race yesterday, and his his teammate Keselowski, who obviously was not happy with Joey <laughs> actually trying to win the five hundred on the last lap. Um, Keselowski basically spun and spun and spun again and got off track and hit everything but the pace car. I'm surprised they didn't park him after how many times he and yet he spun. still came back and had a great finish. Yeah. It was really it was incredible. I just thought it was the dynamic was funny because you know of course. Uh, 
everybody can can bang around and everybody enjoys it until Joey does it. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's the one guy that everybody boos and, and hisses at when he, you know, uh, because I guess, you know, New England Yankees. Do we have any, uh, I don't know. Uh, getting uh, back to the short track racing while we uh, wrap up the show, do we have any big uh, big events? Well, the, the big thing that we're looking at this coming weekend, uh, actually it starts uh, Thursday, is North Carolina Dirt Week at the Fayetteville Motor Speedway. Um, and if you're in the area here in the North Carolina area, uh, get out and see some of that if you can, because that is going to be a huge show. The Mid Mideast uh, Modified Series is one of the headlining classes, but there's a lot of racing legends cars, a lot of stuff going on up there. Um, and it's a four day uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I believe. So um, get out there to Fayetteville Motor Speedway and check some of that out because that is going to be a lot of fun. And of course, a lot of the local tracks now in the Carolinas are starting to open up too. So um, just start checking schedules. And uh, next week, we'll get back to uh, more of a dirt centric focus and um, and give you all a chance to to get updated on what's coming up on Carolina the dirt tracks coming in the up area. Soon, isn't it? Carolina Pro Series uh, actually canceled. They were supposed to be this past weekend, had to cancel it because of all the rain. So uh, March at Hickory, uh, we'll get the date for next week. But that's uh, that's coming up um, in a few weeks. So uh, with that, um, we'll say goodnight uh, here from Lead Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. I'm Tom Baker. Thanks to the folks at WSIC. Have a great week, everybody. So long. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by Victory Custom Trailers, the leaders in custom trailer sales and service. Design your own custom trailer at VictoryCustomTrailers.com. Lead Lap Radio is a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.